0: On some level, it's been said a lot. The Rams went all in for the 2021-2022 season. At the very least, changed their roster to get to this point. Matthew Stafford, Odell Beckham, Von Miller, even Sony Michelle, and it's all paid off. Sending Tom Brady into retirement and breaking that winless streak against Kyle Shanahan. Yeah, I don't think they have a first-round pick till like 2024. So this is the year. (laughs) Or look, if you get a Super Bowl out of it. It's worth all it. it's all worth it. Today, yes, the 10 plays that got the Los Angeles Rams to face off against the Cincinnati Bengals. We're going to f- focus in on the NFC championship game against the San Francisco 49ers, and let's kick it off. The Rams and 49ers trade three and outs thanks to an early Jimmy Garoppolo wide open miss to George Kittle. So let's start here, and actually on a negative note, the Rams start their drive, 10 plays, 64 yards. Chunk gains to Cooper Cup, Tyler Higbee. Matthew Stafford finds himself in a third and three, third and goal, with the result being a forced interception, Hayden, something that really has popped up for him a lot at times this season and has held back Los Angeles.
1: I think this is a, giving some credit to the 49ers' defense. They had tight man coverage right here on the Cooper Cup. Matthew Stafford throws it a little bit behind. Balls gets deflected up. Uh, for the interception Matthew Stafford had to throw this ball it's third down um, and just gets deflected right to him so obviously everyone's going to freak out over the Matthew Stafford interceptions yep. um, but for the most part I, I thought to me this was just pretty good defense
0: yeah and again maybe the difference between Matthew Stafford and other quarterbacks throughout the league and we're definitely going to get to that throughout this game is that then he will make plays to overcome maybe early mistakes that he makes clearly his first read is that goal line fade to Odell, which has really paid dividends for them earlier this season. And the just slightly incorrect placement in the backside shoulder gets K1 Williams, who missed much of the season to deflect this one up and it gets intercepted. And yes, sorry, K1, we're going to pick on you just like Matthew Stafford does at other points in this game. All right. Next drive by the 49ers ends with Jimmy Garoppolo throwing an interceptable pass into double coverage, bringing us to the Rams starting at their own three-yard line, turning an 18-play scoring drive, featuring eight runs, a scramble by Matthew Stafford on third and 10. And after converting one-third down to Cooper Cup, Matthew Stafford hits him this time for a third and 13 touchdown.
1: This play kind of just just sums up how Matthew Stafford is now first overall, not second, not top five, first overall in adjusted EPA per play across the season. If you include the postseason games, it's throws like this one. This is could go to one spot. The four Niners were willing to have him throw it to this spot. Matthew Stafford knew where this was going. Pre-snap holds the safety over the middle, throws the ball perfectly placed and Cooper cup comes down with it. So this is a big time throw uh, all the way to the corner of the end zone has to be perfectly thrown and he is able to do it.
0: Yeah. And look, it's not like these quarterbacks and wide receivers on the Rams have spent that much time together. It's less than a whole season at this point. Maybe it's the breakfasts, but like the the timing here is perfect. And the spot he's throwing to is perfect. This is on some level zone coverage. The inside release that Cooper cup gets means that the corner and the outside isn't going to trail him vertically. And then you're basically throwing to this open area that the safety, if it's a good throw has no chance, no chance to get to. And it's on a third and 13. Like those are not easy conversions. This is not, you know, if you miss it, you get another chance in the next down. They're definitely kicking a field goal in this scenario. So it's a four-point play. We talk about those all season long and coming down with this one. Early, early on makes it an uh, important play as we go on throughout this one. All right. It's why, it's why you go all in when you get a quarterback like that. Yeah, and we're going to talk about many more plays that he hit those. But conversely, now down 7 nothing, the 49ers quickly respond a 31-yard pass to Brandon Nayuk outside the numbers from Jim, Jimmy Garoppolo, which rare all season, rare in this game, uncommon, sets up this absurd 44-yard touchdown from Debo Samuel.
1: Debo is breaking my brain here. I mean, it's it's not <laughs> just like the power. He's clearly faster than what everyone thinks because he runs away from people after he makes these first guy, couple guys miss with the stiff arm. This burst right here, and then another burst to get into... Uh, the end zone here, it's it's not just the power. I think like, everyone just talks about how like instinctual and how powerful he is. Like it's the speed is why he's the yards after the catch machine that he is. Like even if he was a, a power guy, you're not getting into the end zone here. Like this is only because he's right. that fast. So uh, just one of many Debo Samuel plays from the season.
0: Yeah, it's the kind of play that he made over and over the season. Like I remember back to the Chicago Bears. It might have been almost this exact same play. They were down in that game at the time. They were like three and five or something. It was a it was a huge changing point on a third and 20, and he took it to the house for a touchdown here. You can't predict, project anyone else in the league to do it except for Debo. Each and every week, it feels like, and I love the setup here. Again, it's 11 personnel. We can zoom back out to the all 22 footage. It's 11 personnel with Kyle use acting as the running back. But again, more of a receiver here. Debo lines up as the, you know, attached running back motions out way, way outside the numbers compared to the far hash that his quarterback is on. This allows, if you all can see here on YouTube, the wall of blockers to be created that he has to, you know, run against the grain to and breaks Simple two, three, four tackles. Yeah, Alex Matt getting to this third level and destroying a cornerback, a a safety, makes it. It all makes it. And uh, just such a special player. And I'm so glad we get to see like in so many different elements and so many different ways and so many different spotlight situations for him to show his entire skill set this season. Every single team is going to try to define themselves a Debo Samuel. And uh, just small prediction, they're all going to fail. Hey, they're all going to fail.
1: Yeah, he said that he is okay with being in this wide back role. That's what he calls a position. About 70, 80% of the snaps uh, out as a wide receiver and then 20 of them as a running back. So I'm expecting that kind of usage to, to hold up.
0: Next drive, back with the Los Angeles Rams. Third and nine, Matthew Stafford fires this dart despite a closing pocket to another one of those players that they added during the season in Odell Beckham.
1: Yeah, this was a classic play. Something, basically the difference, uh, the two High podcast always talks about this, the backside dig where Baker Mayfield does not come back after the first, second, third read to make this pass. Matthew Stafford knows Odell Beckham is going to be open, and then he has to stay in the pocket with pressure, throw this ball across his body into the perfect window then Odell uh, makes the play. So this was like the, this play exactly was the reason why Odell's numbers were, the, were what they were, in yep. Cleveland. And now that he's fully acclimated to the offense, why he's producing in LA?
0: Yeah, it really does, as you're outlining, show the importance of Odell Beckham to this team. And it was supposed to be the third receiver when he was brought in. And then immediately that same week, Cooper Cup stays healthy. Robert Woods goes down with an injury. And I think it kind of took Odell some time to find his footing as like the number two primary in this offense. And look, this, I think, is his first. 100 yard game in years and years and years, but just his ability here as a backside dig. And then also, as we've alluded to in this game and in previous ones inside the red zone on end zone targets too, it took this passing offense to a whole new level, a whole new level. He looks really good. That drive ended in a missed field goal. The 49ers get a field goal before half. So let's fast forward into that second half 49ers score on a George Kittle touchdown, the Rams are now down 17 to seven. Okay. Rams use their second time out of the second half already here. It sets up a first and 10 from the 40. This might not be like a play that in the moment stood out, but just for looking back on it, Hayden, such a cool design from Sean McVay, from Matthew Stafford, and for this offense that we really just wanted to highlight it.
1: Let's see which one this was. Oh, right. It's the flea flicker screen. Oh, the flea flicker screen. All right. Everybody watch the the linebacker here gets put into a pretzel. And that's like the key component of this. We have this linebacker cruising in for the flea flicker, then full sprint running backwards, and then comes back in uh way too late. And he actually end, ends up making him miss for some yards after the catch uh too. So yeah, this was just classic Sean McVay.
0: Oh, it's so cool. And this was probably drawn up to be for Tyler Higby. We know Higby leaves early on in this contest. Flea flickers usually go deep. So when defensive backs, when safeties recognize that, I'm sure they sprint back to their spot more, more, more. And it's just the patience of Blanton here to throw Nick Bosa to the ground almost, and then catch it and have blockers out in front. Screen timing is so difficult. And so often it takes a lot of just cohesion and, and again, timing from the offensive lineman to get out in front and not be too far down the field. I don't know how long they've been practicing that one and, and keeping that in their bag, but it was the perfect time to bring it out because on that same drive, this ends with an 11-yard touchdown to Cooper Cup from third and one, empty, three by two, out of 11 personnel, Hayden.
1: Yeah, trips at the bottom of the screen. They have two post routes to clear out space. Cooper Cup runs this basically... Wheel route and wide open, like too easy. Uh, I noticed the corner doesn't even look very mad because I think he just knew. <laughs> he was like, right when this route concept was coming, he's like, "Yeah, I'm in a pretty tough spot here." So yeah. beautiful design. This Stafford, obviously, probably one of the easiest it's throws game, of of the game. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Again, sorry, one Williams, got to point at you here. But as Hayden said, it's it's impossible to cover the two clear out patterns. Also, take out the safety from coming out over the top two. And it's basically a wheel. It's basically a wheel to a wide open area. All he has to do is make a miss at line of scrimmage. And that, I believe, makes it 17 to 14 as the Rams, once again, get back to it. So let's paint a picture here. 10 minutes to go. 49ers have the ball. Second and one, they get stuffed. This is a team that throughout the entire season, throughout Kyle Shanahan's history as a play caller, has been owning other opponents on the ground with different elements different looks great blocking great skill and on second one they get stuffed and third and two they get stuffed as
1: well yeah the first the first play got stuffed because the wide receiver was not able to come in a uh, good play by the defensive back for the rams to shut down the first one the second one also uh, a missed block this time from uh, the right guard was not able to come over And that's where they get stuffed twice. And then it comes down to, is Kyle Shanahan going to go for it? They're on the 45-yard line. They should have gone for it. All the models were saying to go for it. I think especially if you are Kyle Shanahan, like if you're the best offensive play caller when it comes to the ground game, you should, especially with Debo and uh, you're using the Trent Williams stuff. Whatever you need to do to scheme up, if you can't get a yard You're not going to win the Super Bowl. So I was pretty disappointed that they did not go for it. After the game, the reporters asked Shanahan about this, and he said that he wasn't even considering it. So this is a situation. Everyone says, lock up Kyle Shanahan and some of these other guys into a room, simulate Madden, and let them keep going for it, and eventually they'll learn. But I think that you'd want them to be aggressive. I mean, you're going, you have Kittle, apparently the best run-blocking tight end, Debo, all these guys, and you don't want to go for it. That That was pretty sad.
0: Multi-tool fullback as well. Uh, The other layer on top of this, Hayden, is that Sean McVay elected to use his final timeout. Kyle Shanahan was going to punt no matter what prior to that timeout. After it, the offense comes back onto the field for the 49ers, but it's only to attempt to draw the opponent offsides again from the positive 45-yard line. They take the, the delay, then punt from midfield. Um, And I really think if you go back and look through this game from snap one, the Rams run fits were absolutely fantastic. And again, we've seen playoff games for Kyle Shanahan and company where they put up 200, 250 rushing yards. Like early on, they know that they have, you know, a dominant aspect of the playbook to win in. That wasn't the case from here, despite some calling this Rams defense soft at points. They were not going to be that here from from snap number one. But as you said, it's kind of the MO, not just of Kyle Shanahan, but also Sean McVay. Like despite being these offensive geniuses, guys that have propelled the league forward in terms of their playbook and their offensive styles, they are not the most aggressive when comparing them against like Kevin Stefanski's, Brandon Staley's, the Harbaugh's of the worlds in these situations.
1: Yeah, it's really odd. And I think especially for Shanahan, I just thought of this. What if they brought in Trey Lance for that play? Like that was that was been like the perfect opportunity to throw in that last wrinkle too. So maybe next year when they have Trey Lance, they'll start going for it on fourth downs. Maybe there was something to that. But yeah, it was disappointing. I think it ultimately was one of the reasons why uh, they got eliminated.
0: Also here, Trent Williams is basically a decoy. Like he's working across the formation to hopefully get some attention there because we all saw this unleashed. It was against the Green Bay Packers in their playoff game as well. And then they run a counter with Cal Juszczyk. And really the interior offensive lineman just oversets and allows Greg Gaines to get plenty of penetration. And this wasn't even close. Wasn't even close. So like you're getting your best blocker and left tackle Trent Williams out of the play completely. So yeah. I,
1: it's also cruel. I mean, he is <laughs> picking apart these DNs, man. That sucks. Yeah, he does his job. He does his job. He submarines. It, I know. All right. That's that's unusual. Cruel and unusual.
0: All right. After that decision to punt, it's still 17 to 14. First and 10. And here we get from that same first drive. I don't know the brain departing from Matthew Stafford's body here. It's a pointless deep shot. In my opinion, maybe we can break this down a little bit, but this one is ultimately dropped by Joukowsky tart.
1: Yeah, I feel terrible, terrible for him. He actually made a good play just to get into position here. Uh, vertical routes. Uh, looks like it's cover three. Matthew Stafford takes a shot, but for whatever reason, he misses it arguably shallow and over the middle. It seemed like Van Jefferson uh, if Stafford was able to keep this ball outside of the middle of the field, he would have had a chance on it. Um, but Sweet Tart was just moving back and forth, uh, kind of like the combine drills that they do um, for the yeah. defensive backs. It was basically that, but he ended up dropping it. So really tough play. Um, it was mostly an arm punt, but it th- was pretty curious how Stafford was not able to get that much velocity on this one. I, I can't explain it.
0: Yeah, I don't know if his arm died or what, but even to the point he was throwing it to, it doesn't make a lot of sense to try it there. It reminded me a lot of the second game against the 49ers the season when they got into overtime. It was also first and 10, just like this play. And he tries, again, this meaningless, this pointless deep shot along the right sideline to Odell, and the 49ers pick it off and, and win the game. I mean, this could have been a similar scenario as that. Now, on the other side of this coin, a lot of people are bringing this up saying, well, was Stafford even that good in this game? Did he get lucky because of this dropped interception? Look, on the other side, there are a couple drop interceptions as well. That just happens when you're playing football, and it absolutely happens, as we know. The only reason to drop Matthew Severt's EPA this season is because no risk or no biscuit. Like, he's going to test these shots. And later on, maybe the game-changing play is one of these tight window throws.
1: Yeah, I think people obsess over interceptions. If you're going to throw two or three more interceptions over the course of the year, but that also means that you're going to have – Five to six, seven, eight more plays that are going to be 50 yard plays. Like that is right. a, something that you have to be willing to take. So I think that just as fans in general, coaches, like we obsess over interceptions. Interceptions are bad, but if that allows you to make some of the other throws that Stafford's had this year, you have to uh, be able to take that.
0: Yeah. So let's talk about that high variance nature of Matthew Stafford because here again, tied 17 to 17, third and three from the 37 yard line. A play that they got to have it because Sean McVay, if they do not convert here, is staring down the barrel of a Matt Gay 54 yard potential field goal to go up 20 to 17. So, again, third and three, you've got to have it. And your superstar step up in Matthew Stafford to Cooper Cup.
1: This looks like an option route. And when you have this much space, obviously, Odell Beckham clears some space for him. And Matthew Stafford puts it completely on Cooper cup. I think the other thing we have to talk about with Cooper cup is like, I mean, he rarely drops the ball. I know he dropped the ball uh, the last time, but this guy is like way more athletic now than it seems like we always discuss like how jacked he was looking in the off season, but like he's not supposed to be making guys miss and explode upfield like this. This is like different Cooper cup. So whatever your evaluations from Cooper cup, even like two or three years ago, like totally changed. He looks like a, Actual alpha athlete. It's not just like him being like a nuanced runner or anything like that. Yeah, absolutely
0: love the design of this play too. They go stacking with Odell. So you get your two best wide receivers on the same side of the field. Not going to say it's a clear out route, kind of is here from Odell. And then, yes, it's an option. Obviously, if I believe it's K1 Williams once again. Sorry, buddy. Uh, if he sits on that inside route, certainly Cooper Cup is breaking the outside. I believe he could converted a third and six earlier on a on a similar pattern. And then Ra- excuse me, Fred Warner, who was Almost. lined up so close to the line of scrimmage here on the line of scrimmage over top of the right guard, reads this play from start to finish, but that's so much ground for him to cover that it's uh it's impossible to get back. It's impossible yeah. to get back. And it's it's a blitz that D'Amico Ryan sends, loves to send them in these scenarios.
1: Yeah, I think the, the corner was playing that correctly. The last thing you need is Cooper Cup breaking outside with no help. At least right. he knew Fred Warner was going to be there. And yeah, Fred Warner almost made an incredible play. But yeah, Matthew Stafford was able to rifle this in there. So like, well and done. Shout out to the
0: Rams offensive line. Shout out for them to recognize this this blitz package. Because again, I think they hide it really well. You would think that Warner is the one coming. He's not. He's the one who's dropping back. And 51 is the one who comes up the middle. Sony Michelle, while he does get driven back a little bit, that is pass pro. You just slow him down. You're a speed bump. And without St. Michelle stepping in the way, which again, we have pointed to him as one reason why he's played the season, this play does not happen. It simply, simply does not happen.
1: Sometimes the running back, like you're not stopping an NFL run, a linebacker running full speed at you. Like the best you can do is just get in the way. And yeah, get in, well the way.
0: get in the way. All right. We all know that that drive ends with a field goal. Rams up 20 to 17, one minute. And 46 seconds left. The 49ers do have one timeout. Start their drive off at the 25-yard line. But at this point, Hayden, at this point, it certainly feels like the Rams' defense has totally, totally overwhelmed the 49ers' offensive line and offense in general.
1: Yeah, Jimmy G had a couple of panic throws that should have been interceptions, a couple of just inaccurate passes in general. This last drive, some of the plays weren't really his fault i thought on the first play the first down uh the the right tackle gets beat inside and then uh the stunting player is behind him gets in in the throwing lane here so i thought jimmy g was making the right read but when your offensive line can't even get basically their hands on the player and it's basically a free rusher like what are you supposed to do he tries to get to the check down gets batted down i think like big picture stuff like jimmy g was just not aggressive enough in this game and he didn't have enough of the raw tools to get outside of the pocket. Someone like Joe Burrow maybe makes this guy miss Jimmy G knows he can't do that. So he has to throw the check down immediately and gets batted down.
0: Yeah. That, that's to me, the total difference when we talk about Jimmy Garoppolo, like we have talked about points with Matthew Stafford. We did it on the other episode where we broke down the 10 plays. They got the Bengals to the super bowl with Joe Burrow, 16 pressures in that game, just taking one sack And so many of them were those third down conversions that Burrow is able to create out of nothing, drag his team out of the hole. And to me is also why last March, when we talked about it, Kyle even said it. I need someone who hits the receivers that I create openings for, but also can create things when what I design disappears. And you're just not going to get that with Jimmy. And like that's been the whole thing where EPA ranking, whatever you want to talk about, slots him with other creative types when really he's just – an execution guy.
1: Yeah. He's like the quarterback 19. If we're going to rank him, which we should do eventually. But yeah, that's we where he is. Yeah.
0: All right. This second downplay to me though, is Jimmy's fault because this is a complete lack of situational awareness. Obviously nothing is really open down the field, but understanding you just have one timeout, about a minute 40 left. There is absolutely no reason you should be throwing the ball three yards into the backfield. Clock is running. You're going to lose yards no matter what. He has to sail this ball out of bounds or the top of the head. Nothing positive can come from this play.
1: Yeah, he was initially just looking at the safeties where they were, and both Brandon Ayuk and Debo Salmon were mostly covered. I think a more aggressive quarterback would have thrown the ball to either one of them to get upfield. But yeah, once again, one of the the weaknesses of Jimmy G.
0: And then finally, Von Miller takes an outside pass rush, forces Jimmy to at least hold his spot, and then you get Aaron Donald swarming him over the middle of the field. So that's two out of the final three plays that we talked about Von Miller, an in-season acquisition. The first one, he takes an inside pass rush lane, bends, dips, creates the disruption that forces the quarterback to get rid of the ball quicker than he needs to and wants to. And then here on the third snap, does the exact same thing. So the interior pass rush can can cause havoc and force the interception. Like Von, while uh, he's also one of these players that it took him some time to really find his footing here. This is why you go out and get specialized superstars, former superstars, whatever you want to call it, because in critical moments, game-changing moments, they make it happen for your defense.
1: Yeah, I I will note, I thought that the offensive line for the 49ers really let them down too. It wasn't just Jimmy G, according to Pro Football Focus. It was their worst pass-blocking game of the season and one of their worst run-blocking games as well. So I think that we definitely could point some criticism to Kyle Shanahan for not making the quarterback change, Jimmy G for not having that X factor, but then like paying him to be like that X factor too. Like he was never supposed to be a top five quarterback. Um, but I really do think that the offensive line here has um some major issues outside of Trent Williams. The the center, the right guard, and right tackle all miss some pretty important blocks, uh, just based off the couple plays that we showed on offense here.
0: Yeah, and the right tackle was not who they had slotted in there at the start of the season, and we all know how difficult it can be once you're mixing and matching to hopefully get five sustained blockers. But, hey, the Bengals are in the freaking Super Bowl, too, and that's the clearest weakness on their roster. Okay, any thoughts here before we close out? Again, those are the 10 plays that got the Los Angeles Rams to the Super Bowl. I can't wait. I know we're going to do a whole preview show on each of the matchups, each of the decisive factors for the Bengals. For the rams in super bowl 56
1: in the description we have this same show with the Bengals. go watch that
0: go watch that all right everyone appreciate you tuning in go like down below smash that subscribe button lots more content on the way ahead of the super bowl talk to you all very very soon